we're going to say goodbye tonight to my sophomore Max Christie takes. Uh, welcome to Bacon Wire. I'm Lucas. I'm trying to kill a tick that I got on me from golfing. It's like not, not dying. Um, so last week, Max Chris, last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. The yep. day, the day after we said we weren't going to record last week, Max Christie, um, makes his decision, which we all thought was going to happen. I mean, the more time went on, the more we all knew it was going to happen. And, um, Max Christie, Max Christie is going to the NBA draft. He's staying in the NBA draft. Um, I mean, good luck. I wish you the best. That's really all I have to say about it. I don't know what you guys have to say. I'll let you riff. Um, yeah. Sorry, Carter. Go ahead. I guess he hasn't. Oh, has he signed with an agent yet? I'm trying to figure that out. Um, at first, when I saw that news, I mean, we knew it was happening. Uh, but for me, it was like I kind of felt a little bit selfish uh, just in terms of because of the fact that I, you know, I, I've mentioned on the show a couple of times that I, you know, there are things that I think that he needs to improve on and come back to Michigan State and then push his draft stock for next year up. But he's capitalizing on that opportunity right now. Apparently, he said that, you know, this is what he's wanted to do since uh, the end of the season. Um, and I was, you know, and I was feeling like in kind of a selfish mode, like, yeah, like I wanted him to come back, you know, like put your NBA dreams on hold for one year just to just to come back here. But, you know, looking at it, I mean, and like the thing is, is like, I'm watching like a draft breakdown video of him earlier today. And it's like the highs, like like the, they, they show strengths and weaknesses. And the strengths were so high, like his, his, his spot up shooting potential, the defense, his length, all that type of thing. Uh, like that is the type of like the traits, it's the traits that get drafted, you know, not so much of the college production. Um, right. So I guess I get it. You know, I mean, a team might bank on those traits. I, I haven't seen him like his range and like any mock drafts or anything higher than like 36, but you know, I think that there's there's enough there that you can uh, you can work with if you're an NBA team, especially if you're a team in contention. Uh, you know, you can kind of let him come off the bench, let him develop behind some guys who are already winning pros, and it'll help him. Um, so I get it from his perspective, you know. And I and I, I I I still feel like he probably could have benefited from coming back for a year, but it's his choice at the end of the day. In the in the pre nil era, I think I think I would have understood this move a little more, right? Uh, now that now that there's kind of more opportunities to earn, um, to kind of earn some some to kind of build your own wealth in college basketball, especially when you play for a program like Michigan State. I I understand it less, right? I'm not one to get in the way of another man's dream, okay? You know, every little kid who plays basketball on any level dreams of one day being in the NBA. And, and Max has put himself in a good position to get to be <coughs> to get there, to, to fulfill that dream, right? So, you know, I'm not I'm not apathetic to to how he feels. Okay. I I do think I do think that another year 
would have secured him a first round selection. And maybe that's not important to him, right? Maybe he just, maybe he just wants to play basketball. Maybe he just wants to play basketball free from the distractions of classes and, and things like that, that I would, that I would understand. Um, right. You know, but I can't help, but think this is a, you know, this is a Deontay Davis situation here where, you know, coming, coming back one more year, you know, raise the profile a little bit, work on some of the stuff you need to work on. You'd be the focal point of this team. Again, you'd be the focal point. Again, um, you wouldn't be relied so much on defense. Um, you'd, you'd get freed up. But unfortunately, I'm not Max's mother, so I'm, you know, I don't have that influence in his, in his decision-making. So, you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Actually, I'm not gonna fault him for for listening to for taking the advice of his parents, right? I think at a certain, at a, we all take advice from our parents, but it's just I don't know. I just I worry about. I just I hope it works out. I hope it works out for him. I really do. I really want him to be successful because it can only help MSU. The interesting part of what Coach Izzo's. Uh, like statement said when Max officially announced it was like something about like Max and his family have made the decision. And you normally don't see something like that. So I I know coaches, it was an Amanda Mintz words, but that was something I kind of took note of. Like, I bet he was really saying to them, like, you should probably stay another year. And the parents, mom and dad were like, no, we really don't see it. And he's getting, yeah, the early second round grade, which is guaranteed money. I think if you're drafted ooh, before 40 or 41, it's, it's close to that. Might be. Um, hashtag. I did research uh, a little bit like half ass <laughs> research. Um, yeah. Like there is some guaranteed money in the second round now. So I could see if that weren't the case, Max would probably entertain a comeback, but um, I wish him luck. I'm, I don't know. I, I feel disappointed a little bit and I think his career here could have been something special. And like, I'm a Graham couch fan. So like I listen to his show a lot and um, cause I kind of align I'm in line with his takes and his, his approach to everything. But like he said something, he did like the data and like a lot of second year players, have way more successful NBA careers than first year for than one year players, you know, with the rare exception. And I, I started to think about it more and more. I'm like, Holy shit. He's right. Like, look at miles bridges. He is in line to get a mega deal um, this off season. I don't know if it's going to be a max, but you know, it could be, I mean, he's in line for it, but um, among many other second year players and like, yeah, Deontay Davis, who we all thought should have came back for one more year just was like, nah, I'm out of here. See you later. And I wish Max the best, but I'm really not, I'm going to support him because he's an MSU player. He was a former, he was a Spartan and all that, but like, it's not going to be like, cause I've seen people like, Oh, Max, I'm going to be rooting for you every step of the way. And I am too, but like, it's not like Draymond or miles or Cassius, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but I'm just trying to say how I feel about the whole situation. You'll passively root 
for him is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way, but like I'll support him. And someone's going to clip this from the other fan base. And hmm. but that's just not, you know, that's not what I mean. I'm, I'm just trying to articulate it the best way I can. I'll be supportive, but not like diehard rooting for him. Rah rah cheerleading. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like Draymond, uh, yeah. I'm like Dan Flashes with Draymond. Like anytime he's anytime he's playing, I, I gotta try and watch him. But um we're gonna move along. Um well in in Lucas, like this is kind of tied into that, right? This is kind of our next our next thing. Yeah. Um that I know this isn't officially on the rundown, but because we took the week off, I think we have to talk about it. Uh Graham Couch did an interview with uh basically. Max, um, in his announcement, kind of post-announcement interview at the Combine, um, said he had told um, Izzo and the staff basically a month a month before the announcement came out. That he what? Was, um, that he was staying in the draft. That he was oh, that he was staying in the draft. I missed this. So, <laughs> you know, obviously the questions came up. Like they've known for a month. Why isn't the staff? Why isn't the staff being active? Why wasn't the staff being active in the portal? Um, why weren't they going after? Why weren't they going harder after targets like Fardaz Amik, um, Baylor Scheiderman, uh, anybody, even even uh, from Oakland Parish, uh, Micah Parish, right from Oakland? Yeah, even Micah Parish from Oakland, just to get some depth. Anybody? Um, yeah, and uh, Graham Couch, uh, Lucas released a. Um, interview with with coach Izzo where he essentially said um my roster is set yep so saw that the the eight scholarship players um we have now in the IMG kid who's gonna redshirt uh Austin right is his name I don't know Carson Cooper Carson Carson Cooper painfully same same family as Austin um, I, I, I was hot. I was hot, hot, hot about, about that interview when it first came out. And, and I think taking the week off actually kind of helped me process it a little bit. Yeah. Cause right. Because Christy leaving too. Right. Yeah. And I was almost back on Izzo's side, but something, something changed my mind today. Um, Lane Kiffin gave an interview to, to Sports Illustrated this morning. I, I sent it to you guys. I don't know if you guys um, read it uh, at some point during the day today. It was in the um, it was in a larger uh, group chat. So I don't I don't know. It probably got lost in the don't know what you're got, talking about. Yeah, I got lost in the kerfluffle. Um, and you know, I think you know Lane Kiffin is a lot of things. Um, you know, he's an adulterer. Uh, he's a meme. Uh, he's the only reason, he's the only reason Tosh.0 existed past 2017. Um, he's, he's a lot of things to a lot of people, but one thing, uh, one thing he isn't is a bullshitter. Um, and, and he gave a, he gave his thoughts on the current state of college football and I thought it was probably the most, the most honest, direct, and probably and probably accurate um, sentiments uh, 
that I've that I've read since the introduction of meme image and likeness into into college athletics. Um, basically, uh, he said NIL is not going away. The current system is absolutely sustainable. There are a couple things we can try to do, like salary caps and things like that. Um, but but it's too late. The current system isn't changing. It's not going away. Um, he said coaches that are fighting NIL and fighting use of the transfer portal aren't going to win that fight. They will be replaced. Um, he, Ross Dellinger, who, um, who conducted the interview, asked him uh, if he was worried about um, boosters basically becoming mini owners. Um, you know, if a guy they paid, they paid money, they paid a good amount of money for, uh, decided, you know, wasn't playing, um, how he was going to handle that. Uh, and, you know, Lane Kiffin, who does have NFL head coaching experience and was fired, uh, for not playing a draft pick for not playing a draft pick early enough, um, had some very good thoughts. He said, that's basically happening now. It's been happening. Um, and, and I, th- and it was just refreshing, right. To hear, to hear that kind of language from a head football coach, right. Because the, the stuff about NIL we've gotten so far have been from like Dabo and Saban who are like, Oh, NIL is bad for the sport. It's professionalizing the sport. Uh, you know, and, and Kiffin was was very was very upfront. He one of the things that stuck out to me was kids are gonna follow the money straight up. Kids are gonna follow the money and they should follow the money. Kids should follow the money because they're you know, the vast majority of these recruits aren't coming from generational wealth, right? This is life-changing money for the, this is life-changing money not only for them, but for their families. Uh and you know, they're not they're not going to go to schools where they might be. They're not going to go to schools where they're going to be making less money. They're going to follow the money. You know, he brought up instances of recruits committing to schools sight on scene just because of the NIL deals they would be receiving. So uh, after I read that interview, I go, holy shit, is those going to be extinct? It, you know, I he's earned the right. Sorry, I'm going ISO a little bit here. Uh, Izzo has earned the right to bet on his eight guys, okay? He has absolutely earned that right. He has done everything. He has been everything that this school needed him to be and way more, okay? But when you're... When you're setting yourself up for a situation, when you're an unwiped wet spot away from your season completely derailing, you kind of have to realize that that this is a different that you need you need to do something, right? You can't put yourself in a situation where you, where Davis Smith is going to be your primary ball handler for 18 minutes because because Tyson or AJ rolled an ankle because Tyson's in foul trouble and AJ rolled his ankle foul trouble. Yeah. We, we are one injury away from the tournament streak ending. 
this season. Uh, that's my hot take. I, and I have another scorching hot take that I know will probably get crushed by you guys that I'm half tempted to put on in the ether. Do it. I think this is Tom Izzo's last year. I, I am starting to think that the way I, – I don't really – the depth issue, it, it, it is what it is, but, like, the more he comes out and, and talks about how NIL is, like, making them all rethink things and, like, you know, Roy Williams was saying the same thing and then he just up and left. Um, you know, he went out with class on, like, a certain person who still has his head coaching office at Duke. Huh. And still won't give it to John Shire, which huh. is which is hilarious. Um, but I I really and I hope I'm wrong. But what like and you know this kind of goes into Izzo talking about having that third assistant, or not the third assistant, but the new assistant coaching hire should be done before the end of the month. Um, and it's down to three people who are in the Spartan family in one way or another. I think Izzo is looking at is looking at someone who could potentially be a successor, like a Hubert Davis or a John Shire. That's my prediction. Um, I hope I'm wrong because I love the man more than a lot of people on this planet, and he's given us a lot of great memories. And he just is a, is a great person. He's a brother of ours. He's a family member of ours. But I, the more and more he talks, the more and more I think he's going. The more and more I think he's just going to ride out this season, and he's going to—he's going to give it his all. But I really think it's it. I—I th- I think we're going to see like a couple weeks after the tournament run, or yeah, the tournament run. I, th- I think they can squeak in. I think they'll get in. Um, I think we're going to see like a retirement announcement. That's where I'm at. I um. I, you know, I don't know if he's going to be done after this year, but I definitely think that the writing is on the wall that it's Tom Izzo, close. that Tom Izzo is not long for college basketball. And I think that you can hear that when you hear him talk about things like, you know, how he doesn't like NIL, how he doesn't like the transfer portal. Um, you know, these are, uh, you know, uh, I disagree with Izzo on those things. I think those are antiquated views. Yep. I think NIL is here. I think. The transfer portal is here, whether you like it or not, what, what, you know, no matter what you think about it, it is here and you have to adapt and you have to learn how it works in order for your team to be successful. And it's like you said, yeah, with Roy Williams, like Roy Williams didn't like it. He retired. He's moved on now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think coach K was also the same way. Um, The thing is, I think part of it, like for like coach K and maybe a little bit of Roy Williams is just because of the fact that those guys were doing that under the table and everyone knew it. So now that like the playing field is level, they're like, all right, I'm done. But I, I and, and, and obviously Izzo's not doing that, but um, it's like, yeah, I mean, if he's not going to learn how to adapt and adjust as, as kind of, there's been no evidence that he has <laughs> said he's going to try to then get out his, his time is going to, it's not going to be much longer. Um, and that's unfortunate, you know, because as you said, yeah, he's given us a lot of joy, a lot of happiness over the last 20 plus years, almost 30 years. He's a God. He's absolutely a God in the mid Michigan area and the, and the UP the Northern Michigan UP. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it just seems like, you know, the game is kind of starting to pass him by. Um, 
having your eight scholarship players in that sense, that's, it, it is what it is. I'm going to ride out with him for it. I'm going to see what he can do with it, but it's absolutely true that, you know, like say Jaden Akins goes down and I know Akins is still pretty young. I mean, that's, you're looking at, you're looking at 25, 30 minutes of Pierre Brooks playing. Like you don't have a ton of leeway. You don't have a ton of flexibility. You like you, you have to keep your guys healthy. You got to keep them out of foul trouble. You know, that, that, that drop off in talent is so much more gradual now just because you don't have that depth. So, I mean, I'd like to see how, you know, I'd like to see what he does with that. I mean, Izzo's never been a guy to, to, to tighten his rotations. He's always played a ton of guys, you know, he's always played nine, 10 guys. So now you have to, you know, now having that go to like seven or eight now, it's going to be, it's going to be a change for him at this point, you know, it's like, so, I mean, it's, there's, I mean, I think, you know, with, with Michigan state basketball, we're always kind of like, yeah, Izzo's got this, you know, like relax, he'll take care of it. I just don't think that like, we can just like say that now anymore. And I mean, maybe we could, if a lot of the landscape of college basketball hasn't changed, but it has gradually in the last couple of years. So there's more, I think there's more concern that, of where things are going than there is like calm calmness and things like that. And I don't want to panic or anything, but like, I just think that it's something that we should pay attention to and, 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 you know, keep our concerns, keep our wits about us. Something to monitor. <laughs> it is, it is indeed something to monitor. I didn't want to say it, but I was thinking it. I, I don't want it to happen, but like, that's my hot take of the year and I'm going to stick to it until he says I'm coming back again. Well, I, uh, well, Titus, I mean, Titus brought up a good point. He was on PMT. I, is that where you got your uh, coach K hasn't given his office? Yep. I listened to her yet yep. a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, is really with, with Jay Wright retiring is is kind of one of the last of a dying breed. I mean, it's him, it's him, Bob, uh, it's him Huggins and, and Scott drew really somehow I mean, Bayheim is still there. Yeah. And, and Bayheim. I don't know how he's lasted so long. Uh, Behan probably has a uh, plea deal with the state of New York. Uh, he has, as long as he coaches, he won't go to jail. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, like that. Jay Wright was shocking that he just like, I mean, that was one that came out of nowhere. He seemed like he had the fire. You know, he's coming off a of Final Four, and you know that they didn't have that. I forget who got injured, but like they really could have had a shot against Kansas if they, if they, if he didn't go down and um, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let go of it. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but if Izzo doesn't want to adapt, then he should step aside and let's see if he can name a successor that turns out as well as he did and just pray for the best and support this new person no matter who it is, you know, we're going to find out hopefully by what Tuesday, I hope Tuesday we find out. Yeah. That, yeah. That, Sounds that, like yeah. The news report said like this by, by this weekend. Yeah. So probably Tuesday is a formal announcement for sure. Um, so, you know, it's a little somber with MSU basketball right now. It's okay to cry though. Um, 
I, don't, I think I mixed that up, but I think we know what I was quoting. Yeah, this one, this this one's a little bit more Michigan sad. So it's yeah, okay to this, cry. I call this one Michigan State basketball. Um, Michigan State football. It's just a, it's just a, like a playbook. Like Izzo's playbook is just Fred Willard, just like on the on the, on the organ. Um, Michigan State football. We're a hundred days away, guys. We're a hundred days away. Um, I'm so excited! I can smell. Mm. I can smell the fall air in East Lansing. I can hear the band. I can, I can smell the popcorn and the hot dogs and the beer and the and the fireball. Uh, you know, I can I can hear the uh, fuck Michigan. They suck balls <laughs> uh, coming from the student section. Uh, I've been walking around my house saying one two three first down bitch. Uh, all, you know, for the past two weeks, I've been, I've been binging, uh, Andy, Andy, uh, Andy RMCB on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> not our family and brother. Yeah. Now, Listen, whatever. He makes some kick-ass highlight videos. We still love him. The, yeah. this, the shade and fraud mix of the 2021 awesome. Michigan game oh. is undisputed genius. The... To hear that, to hear that rape apologist Brian Stenner go, oh, they weren't even set. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Stenner just had so many great moments. And even, oh, false start. Dan Deardorff. <laughs> Come on, guys. That's my favorite. Dan Deardorff was great in that too. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I got I got way better season tickets this year. Like I'm not staying in the uh, top of the rafters gif anymore. I'm like 30 rows from the, from front row. So I'm excited. Um, won't have the long journey to the upper deck. Um, Michigan state football, Mel Melvin Tucker is coming. Um, there's a chart by a guy named Bud Davis. Um, I'm going to look up his title just so. He's environmental and geophysics consulting. He does college football analytics. It must be a hobby or like his, his side gig. Um, Sheehan mentioned this on Locked On, so I'm sure you know about it by now if you listen to him. Uh, love you, Sheehan. Um, thank you for the Gatorade at the Penn State game. Um, Michigan State, he gets this graphic that is basically a, just an obviously an analytics one. Um the short version is programs that have the most talent in terms of composite talent rankings um, that are going on official visits uh, this summer. Most, most of them are in June. That's, that's when it starts. Um, So June 11th, which is about two weeks from Saturday, it's two weeks from Saturday um, has a huge one, 33. We have 33 official visits um, that weekend and, is that is that Spartan Dog Con or did that happen with the spring game like it did last year? I do not know that. Um, I I botched that one. That's a botched job on me. Um, but Michigan State is number one in the country. We lead in total talent scheduled to visit and the percentage of allocated official visits confirmed. So, um, I mean we're we're up there. We are at 58.9% um, official visits in terms of talent ranking um, the metric. The graph's a little weird, so I can't really translate it the right way. Um, 
but we're at we beat we're beating Georgia by over five percent. We are beating Georgia. Yeah, the de- <laughs> we are beating Georgia. The defending national champions, um, Billy Napier, a nice job early with Florida. You know, with the recruiting at forty six point four. It's all William Piegler behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, that's right, William Piegler. Um. Ohio State is at 39, and Michigan is, like, they're at 43%, but they have fewer, um, like, the talent rating's a little bit lower for them. I think that's what it means. He worded this graph really weird, so I'm probably sounding like a complete moron. But um, we're number one in the country, and that's what matters. You know, we're, we're going to say we're recruiting offseason champions. You know, mm-hmm. we're – we're going to take that seriously now. We're not going to make fun of the other school down the road for it. Uh, I'm I'm here for this. I mean, I, honestly, I think recruiting is just such a crapshoot. I love to like like Carter's tuned in. You know, SD's tuned in the more tuned in than I'm. I listen to all these guys about like who I should be excited for and who I'm looking forward to. Like, I I think it's tough to really put your your hopes and wishes into a kid making the toughest decision of his life, committing to a school that you want him to or not want him to. But um, this is big. Like I would love to see like a huge composite graph like this and see where MSU was even at D'Antonio's best. Like, and I'm not downplaying the talent he brought in because he brought in some decent classes, but you know, I'd love to see like a comparison of this, which I don't even think is prime Mel Tucker era. And like compare it to like D'Antonio 2018 or 19, just to see like, uh, I I don't want to say how much he gave up, but like how, how we're just making our reach across the country with these guys. And it, it gives me so much excitement and hope and, you know, for, for this season and for beyond, like I, I, I could go on and on about this, but this graphic, it just kind of keys me into like, we're really busting our ass recruiting and we're not just recruiting Midwest. We're like, we're a nationwide recruiting. We're, we're nationwide recruitment uh, school now. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, coach Tucker gave a speech to, uh, to alumni out West. I think it was in California. Um, about his recruiting strategy and, you know, uh, his philosophy, which I believe to correct is, you know, you can bring in lower ranked guys and, and be a successful program, right? Like we saw that with D'Antonio, right? Yeah. You can find diamonds in the rough. You can, um, you know, you can, you can get guys who are under recruited and develop them to be, um, to be impact players in the NFL, Right but that's not going to win you national championships. No, you can get, it's not going to make you competitive in the college football playoff. As we, so, as we, so you can get close, but you're never going to cross that line. Um, And and, and Tucker's philosophy is we're, we're going to bring in the best players. Um, He compared where Michigan state at was at now to where Clemson was um, before they started winning national championships. Right. Uh, He, Coach Tucker believes in, in this program. He gets paid a lot of money to believe in this program. But if he didn't, I, I truly believe that if he didn't think he could build 
he, he could build a Clemson type program here, he would not have, he would not have stayed. He would have gone to LSU. I agree. So, 100%. Um, you know, I, you know, I believe that, I believe that through the portal and through this increased recruiting and the, the expansive NIL network that, that we've built that Tucker put in place before NIL was even before NIL was even allowed, right. To have that infrastructure in place before it even happened, um, which only a few programs really did. I mean, um, you know, A&M, uh, sidebar, we can discuss the Jimbo Saban beef if we want. Um, I think it's kind of old hat by now, but yeah, it was, it was funny. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like how Jimbo was like, ask any of how, and ask any of his former assistants about him and they'll tell him it was like, but Jimbo, my guy, you were a former assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Like, instead of, I didn't rig shit. I didn't rig (laughs) shit. I didn't pay anybody. I didn't fucking pay anybody. And then like, the only thing I'm going to say about is it's really funny that he went after Saban when like he, you know, if you look at when he started at AM in 2018, 19 and 20, like it started to, the five stars were coming in a little better. He had like six or seven in 2020 and then 2021, he gets like 17 of them <laughs> and NIL is in, is, is approved. And he's just like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like Michael Keaton and uh, the other guys, like, I don't, I don't understand the reference. Yeah, his speech where he's like, "I didn't break any laws." Yeah, uh, was like that ad for that Georgia, uh, for that Georgia senator who was running, who was running in the runoff. You know, the 2020 runoff. Who was like, yeah. he was found not guilty. He was, he was <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> uh, the uh, what's that tweet? This uh, this I am not a pedophile shirt is bringing up a lot of questions that should be answered by the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought I just thought that was funny about it how Jimbo just decided to go after Saban and like whatever you're all paying we're all paying them so who fucking cares now? Right, like with that it's 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 kind of a um, glass houses don't yeah. throw stones thing. It's like, but it's like on both sides, who cares? Like, <laughs> Saban's like gone back Jimbo cares. Nick Saban is like, Nick Saban is like, yeah, you know, AM paid for their whole class. Okay, we know. And then Jimbo's like, well, look what he does. We know. We don't care. They're but like, the yeah, beef is funny. It. It's, like the the wo- funny. it's like the Wojak meme. Uh, where, yes. Yeah. Where Saban is wearing like the troll face mask and he's pissed off underneath. <laughs> yeah. He didn't bid for all the recruits. And then Jimbo is just the uh, pissed off for, is like just the pissed off face uh, where it's like, no, we didn't. Saban's been paying recruits for years. And then it's, and then it's those two guys having the fight like in the corner, <laughs> you know, in the corner of the party, Wojak meme. Yeah. And it's just like Mel Tucker, Dabo. Uh, uh, Brian Kelly, uh, we know <laughs> it's just <laughs> like they don't know on. I paid for my whole class. Yes, we do. Yeah, the the four the the football dorm in Alabama looked like a fucking Dodge dealership. It looked like a Dodge dealership for fifteen years. 
Uh, do we? Do you, do you expect us to believe that God answered the prayers of a D lineman not to <laughs> keep his mother's lights on, but to get him a Hellcat Challenger? Get fucking real, dude. Fuck off. I mean, who cares at this point? Right. That's the thing I hate the most. I don't care. That they're both of them, both Jimbo and Saban, are treating the football public like they're fucking idiots. Like, yeah. come on. Like, we, like, why even do this? It's well, like fucking, it's like fucking Jose Canseco denying he took steroids. <laughs> like, dude. Like when Barry Bonds said he didn't take steroids. Yeah. Your head, yeah. Your head just ballooned. You sound, you, you sound like your balls are being squeezed. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what Barry Bonds sounded like. I, I never took steroids. Like, uh-huh. Sure. You're still my goat, Barry, if you're listening. Um, yeah, your biceps doubled in diameter, but that's only because you did a lot of curls. You were, you're of course, before the steroids. Um, but in a, it's going to – I can't wait for the October 8th um, A&M Alabama game. That's going to be electric. Because It's going to be the remedy I need for after we get slaughtered by Ohio State again. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to be go. coming home from that game and, like, I hope Saban just fucking destroys Jimbo. <laughs> I, I'm a Nick Saban fan. I it may be it may be unpopular with, with a good amount of MSU fans, but I like greatness. And I don't root for LeBron, but you know, but um, I do. but uh, I love Saban, and I. I hope he kills Jimbo, but you know, I think, I don't think that's going to be a close game either way. I think one of them destroys the other and I could see Bama just <laughs> trying to put like what Ryan day said in 2020, trying to hang a hundred on him. He Saban's going to try so hard to do that, but it could yeah. backfire like it did last year. The, the two scariest teams on anyone's schedule this year should be Alabama and Ohio state. Yep. You should Ohio be. State is on a fucking murderer's row. I think we're going to tour. Alabama, Ohio State national title. Yeah, and not that stupid pussy Chase Winovich revenge tour. Yeah, bullshit. not that. Like an actual, like they're coming for skulls. Like, I think our team has improved in some spots, and there are some spots where I'm a little nerd, like question marks, not like nerves, nerves, but like, you know, running back and all that, like question marks. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not surrendering myself to the possibility. I mean, I am putting in my head that it could be 49, nothing at halftime again. Like I'm not trying to downplay MSU. I think we're going to win nine games. I think we're going to nine, 10 games, but like. That's not one of them. Yeah. Ohio state is not going to be one of them. We're not there yet. We're, we're, we're about one to, we're about two years away from competing with them. And but maybe one if we pull in some if we pull in a couple five stars and more four stars in this class. But like, and and hit the portal a little and hit the portal and kind of you're you're gonna get those fans. At, say we lose again, fifty six to seven. Um, you're gonna get those fans who are like, "What's going on with Tucker?" Blah blah blah, and ignore that like we might win ten or eleven games again. Like that's what's gonna piss me off about the game. But yeah, C.J. Stroud is is gonna be on a Heisman. Um, I, I might put money on him to win the Heisman now if, if it's open. CJ Stroud should CJ Stroud should Sapoco us <laughs> and then travel down, uh, travel down 96 uh, to 75 and just save everyone, save everyone the trouble and just camp and just find a house in Detroit and just wait for the draft. <laughs> 
just crush us and then go, I'm withdrawing from college and I'm going to be in the NFL draft. Yeah. And then just buy a house, just buy a house in Bloomfield Hills, like cut out the middleman. So yeah, that's right. You've been on the CJ Stroud Lions quarterback train. Yeah. I, um, I think CJ Stroud, um, I think CJ Stroud is going to be the real deal, especially when you, especially he's going to come in there. He's going to have a great old line. Um, you know, I'm not sure who the running back is going to be. I don't see Swift staying in Detroit past this year. I think the injury history. I don't think they're going to pay him. And, and, you know, just kind of the way teams use running backs now, I don't really see um, him as a viable option. But you're going to pair him with Hawkinson, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameson Williams. Uh, and he gets to learn from Jared Goff. I mean, you really you can't get in a better situation. Yeah, don't be player hating. Hey, uh, I love Jared Goff. Me too. That was I would half, like to. That was half it, sarcasm. If we do end up, if we do end up drafting CJ Stroud, I would not like to do the song and dance of leaving Jared Goff on the roster. His his cap is going to be his cap is going to be damn near negligible. His dead cap hit is going to be damn near negligible. It, it, if the Lions are going to draft CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Um, then see, then Jared Goff should be, uh, Jared Goff should hit indeed.com. <laughs> Jared Goff. I'm going to put this into the end of the ether. This I'm going to speak this into existence. Jared Goff, future Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah. Yep. That's my, that's my prediction. He's going to groom Kenny Pickett into being an incredible, incredible. He's going to what? Kenny Pickett? <sighs> Train him. I can't use the word groom. Sorry. Yeah, you can't say gay. You're not allowed to groom. You're not allowed to say groom. Um, so you ready to talk some movies? Let's do it. I have a pitch room. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but we we discussed it. Um I, I'm you know, insert shark tank music, which I'm not going to do. Um bum 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 bum. Um, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. It is worth your time. It's like an hour and a half ish. Um, Andy Samberg plays Dale. John Mulaney plays Chip. Wait, John Mulaney? Yeah. You want us to support a transphobe supporter? Uh, for that reason, I am out. Well, this went well. Right. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, you basically did to me like that one Shark Tank deal where like the guy, the guy turned them down and then he comes back and like just shoves it in their face that he's just making a shit ton of money. And Kevin O'Leary goes, get the fuck out. Fuck you. Like you're shoving this in our faces. You don't want to fucking deal. And they had to like blur out everything he said. So good. The, um, um... <laughs> My favorite Shark Tank piece of content. It's not even a clip for this show. It's it's cut together clips of this little kid. He's like eight or nine years old. And he goes to the sharks with a business idea. And they it might have been from that guy who came back. But they immediately start cussing him out. They're like, you're an asshole. Fuck you, kid. Uh, I got to find it and send it to you, Luke. Fuck you, buddy. Okay, I gotta list. I gotta what do you think? You're, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> it's just it's just the kid sitting there <laughs> it's so but, okay so we can ignore like i'm not okay so 
it's a funny movie. Um, have you ever seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I have. It is it is the new generation of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It is basically the Lonely Island that they pitched a Chip and Dale movie to Disney and and said we're gonna get really weird with it and like do parody law and stuff. And Disney said, "Okay, we trust you." Like Jerome Tacon directed it, or no, Akiva Schaefer directed it. Sorry. Um, it there's just so many cameos in it like and and the most underrated part of the movie is that um you you've seen the memes but like we all remember that first sonic the hedgehog trailer when it was just a horrific looking sonic with like human teeth and all that yeah um they did parody law like nathan for you did they did they did they 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 got away with calling him in the movie ugly sonic (laughs) like dumb starbucks um and he tim robinson our boy voices him and he is so fucking good at it he needs to do more cartoons or like voiceover work like he was perfect for that role and ugly sonic plays like a pivotal part in the movie it's very reference heavy like there's just a lot of visual stuff like you see randy marsh in it um yeah i know it was (laughs) i had to pause it and make sure it was him what about uh, Stan Darsh? Stan Darsh. I don't. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> Good try, Darsh. Um, and Will Arnett vo- voices the villain. I don't want to get you. You've probably seen the controversy on Twitter over it. Um, but I won't. Oh, yeah. Away. Yeah. It's it's not the greatest look, and I hope the Lonely Island didn't like see that and parody it because it's pretty sad what happened. But like. Um, Will Arnett is so good in the movie. Um, you have J.K. Simmons basically playing another detective, Gordon, but like he's like Gumby, which is really it's really fucking good. And like the different styles of animation are really put well put together. And it's a fun movie that is like if you're bored for like an hour and 40 minutes, watch it and you're gonna laugh. Like I laughed way more than I thought I would because I saw the trailer for this and I'm like, I'm out on it, like sharking, I'm out. But then Twitter, I saw the whole ugly Sonic Tim Robinson thing, and I'm like, okay, I gotta watch this. And Cassie and I watched it Friday night, and we we didn't want to pause it. It was so good. Um, and I, I think it was so good that Disney screwed up by not putting it in theaters. They really could have put it in theaters and made made enough money to make it worthwhile. So that's my pitch room is Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. It is really funny. Yeah, I'm not the biggest John Mulaney fan either. I'm, I think he was the worst part of the movie, and I'm not saying that just because of what you said, SD. Like, I've never been into him. I think he's, he tries to be the new Jerry Seinfeld, and well, literally. Yeah, I don't think you can be. Like, no one can be. No, like he literally had like a Seinfeld type show on. Fox. Yeah, he had Mulaney, right? Yeah, it was called. Yeah. Mulaney. yeah How long did that last? Uh, uh a season, one season. <laughs> I think NBC just went, or it might not be, it might Fox. It was on Fox. Fox, yeah. Yeah, it's it wasn't great. Um, so that's my pitch room, but um, I think we know what we're all going to talk about. Monday night, I watched the NBA, the Eastern Conference Finals, the Thor Love and Thunder trailer dropped. Fellas, fellas, we got our first look Four! at Christian Bale. Three-time Oscar nominee, one-time winner, should have been two. 
uh, Christian Bale. He won for the fighter, right? Is that the yeah. is that he, what he won for? He, yeah, he won. For- he was the clubhouse leader for Vice. Until- you know what? Sorry to cut you off, Lucas. Oh, no. from, from your from your uh, fellatio of Christian Bale. Oh, uh, but uh, now that you now that we brought up the fighter, uh, me and oh, my no. me and my wrestling teammates, uh, we watched the fighter as like a team building thing, which like wild choice. I think the only thing that like, play the tied together conference finals that only <laughs> that tied together the fighter and. Um, and wrestling was like they were both combat sports. Uh, but me and my wrestling teammates, we would just yell, you're a fucking whore, Charlene! A fucking whore! <laughs> just yell that at each other. I bet Mark Wahlberg really wanted to punch those people in the movie, like now just like <laughs> box them. Um, yeah, if, you, if you're curious, look up Mark Wahlberg. He has a Wikipedia section about like his domestic, or his violence and all that. Um, pretty funny. So, yeah, Christian Bale is Gore the God Butcher. Um, I'm going to try to get the comics about him because I've, I've read, he has a pretty interesting backstory. Like, I think it's, I would imagine this movie is going to be like, something's happening to his family on his planet. And the God, like a God tells him, no, you can't cure him or him or her or them or fix them. And he, that's what he says in the trailer. I vow all gods will die. Um, Because if you look at him in that scene, and then as the trailer progresses, he gets like more and more demented. He may get twisted. He gets the uh, twisted tattoo um, or damaged tattoo on his head. Like Jared Leto. Yeah, he, uh, he asked Thor if he liked uh, if he likes Huey Lewis in the news. Thor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and it's just full of some really good lines by Gore and. Um, I mean, getting Christian Bale to do an MCU movie is pretty awesome, but to get him to do a Taika Waititi MCU movie is like, as soon as I heard he was cast, I didn't care who he was playing, 100% in. Like, this might be top three, if not the best get MCU has, and I'm willing to stake my claim, my my solid reputation on that he might be up there with Thanos in terms of an intimidating and not movie caring, but like a worthy villain in the MCU because a lot of them are cookie cutter and there's some good ones. You know, we, we know who the good ones are, but I think Bale's going to absolutely knock this out of the park. And especially with Taika saying like, he, we might have the best MCU villain. I know he's pumping up his own movie, but I don't remember him saying that about Kate Blanchett. Yeah. When you're talking about good villains, you're referring to Sam Rockwell, right? (laughs) I love Justin Hammer. Uh, don't speak Russian. He's coming back for uh, Armor Wars, I believe. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Eric Killmonger, I think, was a great villain. I'm not the biggest Black Panther fan. Like, the CGI really throws me off in it, and I'm not the one to really be picky about it. But I think he was a great villain. The motives were incredible. Um, the, the dialogue was amazing, especially his final dialogue when he's dying. Um, and uh, Thanos is obviously probably number one just for the longevity and the, the movies he was in. Um, but I, I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm blowing Christian Bale, but dear Lord, I'm so excited. I can't. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about Bale's performance. I'm, I'm, oh. uh, we got a little more of uh, we got a little more of Jane Foster in this trailer. 
Yeah. Natalie Portman. Of, Excited. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully she goes back on SNL for uh, Natalie Raps th- for Natalie's Rap Part Three. Yeah, um, like in the fall. Yeah, one of the one of the underrated uh, digital shorts. I think really good. Really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it's really interesting that she's back because you could tell she fucking hated doing Thor too. And then I'm sure Chris Hemsworth didn't really care for it, but like she just then she no, the director. I mean, Patty Jenkins fucking quit over it. Patty Jenkins yeah. was like, "This is gonna, this is gonna fucking suck." I'm not and putting my name the, on this. Chris, Chris Eccleston for the leftovers, the villain, uh, the dark elf, whatever is elf man or whatever. Um, <laughs> Malakith. He said he fucking hated it. Like he he was he said it was terrible. So like, uh, and. I just think it's great. And then like Ragnarok comes out and totally changes how people think of Thor. And Natalie Portman's like the, the girl in the pulling dynamite, the I want that. She like just looked at what Taika did and was like, please. She did I, I imagine her walking up or going to Taika's office or like over a phone call, like um Happy Gilmore begging Chubbs to be his coach again. Like, mm-hmm. please, I beg you. Uh, I am not good looking. You're 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 way more handsome. Uh, you're smarter than I am. That's what I imagine she did to get back in. Um, but it's it's cool to have her back, especially with. I really think they're going to go into the to the the story of the comics where she has cancer. Wouldn't you assume? I mean, yeah having having an Infinity Stone enter your bloodstream can't be good for you. No, uh, health wise, I would imagine so. I don't know. We'll see how close they stick to the comics. I could see them. I could see them kind of shying away from that. Yeah. I'm um, a little bit, or maybe touching on it lightly. Uh, but I, uh, I'm excited for, for, you know, kind of some of the zanier or how zany this movie can be. I mean, like, Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe is Zeus. I think <laughs> it's going to be a really great, uh, it's going to be a really great, and the Guardians are in it. I, I bet they're in it for no more than 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, the Guardians. I mean, Korg, obviously. Korg is great. Korg uh, is so good. I just watched the scene from Ed Game again where he's trying to play Fortnite. New Master 69. Dude, I saw spoilers about that on Instagram, like like NBA Instagram. Like like a kid, like someone commented like like Iron Man dies in, in in Endgame. I'm like okay yeah whatever. Somebody oh. said Thor plays Fortnite in Endgame. I'm like okay that's just a stupid thing. But then it was real and that's what made me laugh. <laughs> Dude, I was on some random message board like seven years ago, like a small community I used to be a part of online, and like some kid, some guy over in I think uh, one of the Dutch country. It might have been Switzerland. No, it might have been. He was Dutch. Um, he got pissed at us for something very minuscule that we weren't even doing to him. And he posted star Wars, uh, force Awakens spoilers. Oh, he went through the entire message board and said, Han Solo dies. Uh, and we were all just like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> one to one to just strangle him. Um, yeah, I'm excited for court. I love, I love Taika Waititi so much. Like anything he does, I'm in. Um, I don't care what it is. I'm in. And um, I I think it's going to be like this goofy comedy action movie with like Christian Bale's gore, like as a presence in it the entire time, like, like the dark broodingness of him and the, the stakes that he brings, like, it's going to be like 
oh, there's a really goofy scene. And then all of a sudden, oh shit, Gore's here and he wants to fight everybody. Like, I love that final scene from the trailer when Gore's pointing at Thor and then Thor just does the rock. <laughs> just does that to him. That was, uh, from what people have said, like that fight in the comics is incredible. So if if it's on that level, I think it's going to be an amazing movie. So it should be great. Yeah, I, I I like Doctor Strange, but I've been I've been hyped for Thor: Love and Thunder since I heard the cast in it. I mean, without a doubt. Um, I think we're good. I mean, you guys have anything else to add for tonight? Uh, yeah, I am collecting tweets to send to Granger HR. <laughs> so. If you guys, you know, if anyone out there has any uh, has any incriminating evidence they would like to share with me, please go ahead and do so. Um, Don Thomas, you're a fucking piece of shit. Fuck you. Um, yeah, go fuck yourself, man. Sorry, you're gonna clip this and put it on your Facebook, but I don't fucking care, Don. Like you, 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 you fucking need, go off, co- take a break from Twitter, man. You are. You know where to fucking find. You know where to fucking find us. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, coming out, uh, making a school shooting about yourself, and then uh, outing yourself <laughs> as transphobic within 24 hours is a world record speed run. Uh, yeah. I almost have to respect it, but I don't. Fuck you. Um, Not great. Um, for especially for a person who craves the attention online, that's not that's not the way to go about it. Um, yeah, it's I echo Spartan Dog sentiments. It's not great, and you should you should leave Twitter for a bit. It's not it's not going to keep going well for you. Um, it doesn't matter at this point that you're a Michigan fan or we're Michigan State fans. It's like de- human decency at this point. Like that that's my beef with it. If you if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I I got you. Um. um yeah. Uh. So that's all. That's all I got. Um, you uh, know, do we want to take another week off or maybe try to get back at it next week? We'll see what the news, we'll see how the news shakes out. Yeah, we I did. Mean, if Tom, if Tom gets that, uh, final, uh, extra assistant might be worth chiming in for a little bit. We'll do a quick hitter. I think, I yeah. think a quick hitter, a quick hitter wouldn't hurt. Yeah. All right. Well, Carter, you good? I'm good. All right. So we're going to log off here. Uh, you're going to be listening to this on Thursday. I'm not going to post it Wednesday night. I'm really tired. I got to go to bed. Um, so yeah, I'm an old man, but whatever. Um, until then, we'll, we'll probably talk to you next week. We'll probably, we'll make time to get on here. Um, fellas have a great Memorial day weekend, everybody. Uh, yeah. happy, happy Memorial day to, have, to all the troops out there. Happy, happy Memorial day. Thank you for your service to the fallen. Yeah, thank you, pizza delivery drivers, for your service. Oh my god, uh, the most on-the-job fatalities of, of anyone. Okay, that's true. Gonna... This is a true. That's a true statistic. What? Okay, I gotta that's... look this up when we when we when we clip when we cut. That's out. a real statistic. Oh my lord. Um, on that note, um, have a great night and weekend, everybody. Um, happy weekend. Uh, and uh, go green. Go white. Go white. Obi Wan show soon. Oh hell yeah, let's go. <laughs>